Turn your TV to channel 3 because it's time for the legend of retro podcast at bx8b.com. Welcome to episode 4 of The Legend of Retro. I'm your host Jay. And this is Chaps. <laughs> No? No, no. Wait. Okay. No, this is Chris. Yeah, there we go. And hey. we have a very special guest host. Uh, first time on The Legend of Retro, Chris, a.k.a. Cable2KX. Uh, our in-studio uh, in producer, Jazzy. What's up, Jazzy? What's up, guys? That's probably the only words we'll hear from him all night. Nope. Oh, there it is. <laughs> That's the last one. Okay. And, right. uh, we, yeah, this is episode four, brought to you by the DetroitBeardCollective.com. So, if you have some face fur, and it looks really nice, like Chris's or Jazzy's, I've been using that balm that they got. Yeah, it's beard just, butter. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if, he, if y'all have seen it. If you got to check, go up to DetroitBeardCollective.com. They have a um, side-by-side on their Facebook page, and there it's not. Yeah, it's on the Facebook page, and it shows you the difference between what a normal build would look like and uh, one using it. Yeah. And you wouldn't think, oh, it's just beard butter. It won't look that different. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. If you have a beard and you're like, and, and you're like, I really want to grow my beard, but I just can't seem to tame it. Right. This is what you need. You need these types of items to really help train your beard and keep it looking nice so you don't look like some crazy hobo. But go to DetroitBeardCollective.com, uh, place your order. If it's... uh. $25 or more, use the code BX8B and you get 20% off your order. So again, guys, use the code BX8B, $25 or more, you get 20% off your order, DetroitBeardCollective.com. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Beard in order. Thanks to DBC. We love these guys. They're awesome. So fellow nerds, love them. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, Episode four, we're gonna get into some really cool stuff. We wanna, uh, we wanna also throw out there though that we, uh, this episode is the last episode before we go to Pack South. Yes, I'm so, so excited for Pack yeah, South. Yeah, Pack South, you know, is gonna be really cool. There's a lot of like retro stuff going on. So, you know, that's the one thing that we like to talk about is these conventions are cool because yeah, you get to see all the new flashy shit that's going yeah. on. But at the same time, you got like all the tournaments and stuff like that for all these old games. So you can see people really like manipulating a game in a way that you've never seen. Uh, so seeing like some speed runs of of these older NES SNES games, or maybe seeing the Super Smash Brothers sixty four tournament. Yeah, not, that's not a, yeah, not a Wii U tournament. And the uh, Mario Kart one is, is going to be awesome. Yeah, the Mario Kart one will be really cool too. So we're going to go uh, to San Antonio, Texas, and we're going to spend four days out there and just uh, soak it all up and bring a bunch of content back with us uh, for you guys. So that that'll be uh, next week when you're listening to. The uh, BXAP podcast and us, the Legend of Retro. No, I, I'm I'm gonna do something I'm probably really scared of doing. I'm gonna go to one of the, the even go royally way retro is going back to tabletop gaming, and I'm gonna sit into one of those and see exactly what they are. I mean, I've seen a few tabletop games what they're talking about. Well, I think what I think they are, but I know me and. If it's what it is, what I think it is, I'm gonna get sucked into it. I'm gonna be stuck playing in the game. Yeah, it's it's dangerous. I mean, we've we've gotten sucked into so many tabletop games that, uh, and this last time, Pax Prime, we got sucked into Boss Monster too. Uh, what is Boss Monster? Boss Monster is an eight. It's a card game, but it's all the card art is eight bit, 
and you basically build. You're the villain. Mm-hmm. So think of like a Mario game, and think you're Koopa, and you need to build a dungeon that Mario can't make it through. Oh, wow! So you get so many placements, so many so many rooms in the in your dungeon, and you draw cards, and basically heroes uh, form in the city, and then based on how what the hero is looking for. So you'll have heroes that are looking for gold. You'll have heroes that are looking for fame. You'll have heroes that are, you know, looking for princesses, right? Okay. Based on what you've built your dungeon like, it has it has those uh, styles. So my dungeon might be very based off gold. So then any hero that comes to the city that's gold-oriented comes to my dungeon door. So it's kind of like a reverse Dungeons & Dragons a little bit? No, it, the idea here is... You want to you want to stop the the heroes make from making it through your dungeon, mm-hmm. and if by doing so you gain their soul. Oh! If they make it through, then you lose a heart, right? So it's just like a video game. If you oh. lose all your hearts, you're out, right? And the goal of winning is being the last dungeon standing. And you can play this up to there's a I think it's like up to eight players, but um, the cool thing though is like you can you can play there's cards that you can do, use to kind of screw up the other dungeons around you so all of a sudden you can force like there's elite heroes like very like champions uh-huh. like super strong guys that like you can end up uh, end up manipulating it so that they have to go to your dungeon instead of mine you know uh-huh. and start to start to speed that up so and then, it, and then if you basically actually sorry if you're the last one standing you win but the the other way to win this game is if you collect I think it's ten souls. Is it ten? Something like that. A certain number of souls, you you automatically win the game. It sounds very interesting. Hopefully they have it there. Yeah, I would like to see how. Oh, I guarantee it'll be there. Uh, That's where we we found at Pax Prime. Yeah, the the actual creators were there, and we bought like a special like um, uh, hollow foil like edition of it, Uh and uh, we bought an extra copy of it to give away. Oh, cool! And that's what, and we gave that away around Pax Prime. So, <clears throat> plus we got a unique Pax Prime 2015 card. We did, yeah. There was an. Ex- that's the other cool thing about tabletop is uh, a lot of times you go around these guys, they have like a special card just for Pax South. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah that's making me. Yeah, I'm so, excited more. But Boss Monster, check that out, guys. It's a pretty cool game. They got a couple expansions. They got Boss Monster, Boss Monster Two, and then they have a little like Game Boy box one because they look like they're in NES boxes. Oh. And there's a little Game Boy box one. It's like an expansion pack for the game. Sweet. And you can mix them all up. It's all compatible through all all the different versions. So, all right, cool. Well, um, with that being said, and talking about tabletop and older style, our topic of this week is the arcade. We yep. all we all remember the arcade, Main Street, Westland Mall. We all lived in the arcade. Westland Mall. That was mine. That was mine. <laughs> my, uh, Westland Mall. Um, I remember my, my parents both worked in Taylor, so I remember uh, the uh, Red Baron Arcade, which was like a red barn remember, yep. off a telegraph. Yep. yep. I um, went there when yeah. I went to Grandma's house. So I, <laughs> see, that was me. That was <laughs> yeah. My, my grandpa's yeah. house. Yeah, yep, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, we all, we all went to the arcade. So we're gonna, our topic today, though, is what killed the arcade. And, I mean, there's an easy answer to this, but, like, we really want to dive into, like, we're going to talk a little bit about the arcade and why it was – why. It, it's still, in my opinion, special and needs to exist. And then we're going to talk about why they it definitely it failed, and so many of them closed up shop and left, and maybe how uh, we can get that back. How can the arcade come back strong? Chris, I know you have some points that it's already happening in certain spots, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll get into all of that. But here it is. What killed the arcade? 
All right. So let's just start with I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about we, we already named off our favorite arcades. You know, where we where we spent a lot of our free yep. time, right? Yeah. It was like calling up your buddy on, on your landline at home and like, <laughs> hey man, you know, can your mom drive you up to the mall and we'll all hang out yeah. at the arcade for six hours? You know, and you had $22 in your pocket to your name and and you somehow lived in the in the mall for all day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now it's like I, I eat lunch at the mall and I'm... I'm yeah, it's more than $22. There goes, there goes $22. <laughs> $22. So, um... I don't know, man. The arcade was always so special to me because it was just that. It, it, even when I find a new one nowadays and I walk into it, like Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum, it's just, it's like my world. You know, it's like when I walk into a game convention too. You just walk in, you're like, everything here is so awesome. Right. <laughs> but um, and back then, you definitely had arcade games that were way more advanced and different than what you did have at home. The home console hadn't hadn't really gotten to that point where it was like. I don't have to go to the arcade to play that. Right. So, you know, going to play Mortal Kombat or going to play, you know, Killer Instinct or oh. Time Cop or, you know, things like that. It, it, Daytona USA even. Those were the games that, like, just drew, like, I couldn't wait to get there and, and just get in line, put my quarters, line your quarters right up on the dash and just have a blast with it, you know? See, that's, like, one of my favorite parts of going to the arcade was that, that thrill of I'm next, you um, know. Yeah, I'm going to take you down. Right. Oh, you're on a ten game winning streak. Not for long. Right. That's yeah. like one of my favorite things to do. Is like when you that's playing Marvel versus Capcom or Street Fighter, any any fighting game. Period. And just to sit there and put your quarter up there to say I'm next. I'm I'm going to kick your ass. But you really, you know, you don't know the guy. You know his strategy. You sat back and watch a little bit, but. That was one of my favorite things to do was just to say, okay, I'm next. Yeah. I'm going to whoop your ass. Yeah, absolutely. And four-player co-op, like in Turtles, one of my favorite games. Simpsons. Yeah, Turtles, Simpsons, oh, the, X, the X-Men arcade. X-Men was wild. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many quarters I waste on fucking X-Men. Dude, that X-Men game, I remember it was so special because it was two tube TVs. Yes. They were like linked together somehow, and so it was one playing ground. So like I remember the, the arcade was, it was twice as big as every other arcade yes. box, and I'm like... A, I'm in love with Marvel. I'm in love with X Men at this age, and I'm like, oh my god, what is this? And sure enough, I grab Colossus and I start playing, and I'm like, I will spend every quarter I ever have on this game for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many times have you accidentally picked Dazzler? Uh, I've picked, I have picked Dazzler out of the like, I've never played as Dazzler, and then you play, and I'm like, I will never play as Dazzler again. <laughs> but I, at the same time, though, it's like it's crazy to think I have that game now on my phone. Like, I yeah. play that on my smartphone. It's just, it throws me back every time I see a game that I played in arcade. And, like, I let my kids play it. My son, he's getting into game. My daughters are way into game. They're into the PC stuff right now. But um, I let him play uh, Turtles on the arcade right on my phone. Yeah. Uh, using my uh, Wii U remote because you can use it as a Bluetooth. Right. And he was just like, this is amazing. This is awesome. He was like, can I play it again? I'm like, no. No, it's my turn. Yeah. But, you know, Turtles, that was another great game that I played so much of. Oh. But the only thing, the thing about the arcade, too, like you just said, was it was before multiplayer existed in the home console world. So you would go there and you'd be able to do this stuff. And it's like, and and by laying the quarters on the screen and taking your turns with your friends and strangers, mm-hmm. like it just it, the comp the level the of competition. competition was there. That that's what the arcade really would like. 
think of all the the stuff that arcade the arcade stuff like dance like and again some of this is newer some of it's older but like dance dance or guitar hero started there yeah you know like all these things where people would just huddle around you and you go and like get the high score and then that next person their all goal was to try to beat you right so and, and just to have like again for the spirit of competition just to know that you're playing like when mortal kombat first came out if you went to main street on a friday night everyone was huddled around mortal kombat Oh yeah! Everyone, like yeah. you, you couldn't you you you're fighting your way to put your quarter up there. Absolutely. And then you're 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 getting pissed off at people like you know it's my freaking turn. I put my quarter up there way before you. No, it's my turn. Like I, I I've gotten to a couple of physical fights at Main Street, <laughs> 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 trying to get my quarter up there, get my my turn. It's my next, you know. Yeah. And it was just that this you don't have that no more, and I miss that because you get online, people talk crap to you all the time, but. You don't have that interaction of face to face. Yeah, it's that's just, one thing the arcade brought. Like you knew not to say, okay, I can't. That dude's big. I'm not gonna fucking. I'm not gonna mess with him. Right. Well, you but, had a level of respect, but you also like would you would compete and you'd also be cocky. Yeah. But with that res- that level of respect, respect now yeah. what happens is you just get these assholes that have you know no respect and and they're online, so they feel like there's no consequence, so they just oh. say the dumbest things that they possibly can say that they would never say in real life. Yes, because there's because they're you know they're cowards, and yes. it's just like you know not that I'm saying if you're going to call me out and 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 blast me for something you know that's super racist, super w- sexist, whatever whatever it is. Like, not that I'm saying I want you to come to my doorstep and tell it to my face. I'm just saying, like, that's the the world we live in now where it's like, this guy killed me the other day and he came up and to teabag me and, and, like, and, and then, like, messaged me, like, a voice message to tell me how bad I suck. And I, I was like, you really went all that extra effort just right. to go to do all this? Like... Uh, I don't what, know. What's the point? Well, like, what? I mean, do, do, do you feel better? Yeah. See, the difference. <laughs> the difference in the arcade was you earned a spot. Like when you put when you earned a spot to put your initials somewhere. When you put your initials in that leaderboard, it was like amazing. Yeah. So you, you were cementing your history in Main Street for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you knew that no one's going to touch your high score. You you purposely went there every week just to see my name up there. And the only game I can honestly say that I ever got a high score in and left it on the main on the um was uh, Marvel versus no, it was just Marvel the, the first fighting game. Yes. And which was, it was sucked because you had to use the gyms to use special powers and shit. I didn't like that part. Gym wars or whatever. Yeah, it was. yeah, yeah. And um, I actually beat that game when everyone moved on to uh, Marvel vs. Street Fighter, and I actually got the high score on that because I was still stuck on that game because it was one of my favorites because I got to play a Psylocke and uh, Silver Samurai. I think Silver Samurai was on that one too, but uh, it was just one of my favorite games, and I got my high score there. And then to Main Street took the whole game out of there. And moved it to the front of the. If you know about Main Street back in the day, all the good games were towards the food court. All the bad games yep. and the pinball machines <laughs> and stuff was towards the front where the shopping mall stuff yep. was at. So it got moved up there. That's when I knew that game was retired. <laughs> but yeah, that's the only one I got my name in the high score bracket on. Yeah. So I mean, here's that's been some stories about about lo- you know the the love we have for the arcade. But I mean, some downfalls of the arcade was very simple. 
Arcade machines cost a shit ton of money. I can't <laughs> tell you how many times you've gone to it. Where you see, I mean, you even see the guys there that's running and operating. They're stressing out because the game is not working. and They yep. don't know how to fix it. Yeah, and that game, like, they have a monthly fucking loan on yeah. that game. And the only way it makes them money is if it takes quarters. Yes. And so, that, you know, there was a there's an issue with, with the the cost of operating versus the, in, the revenue it was bringing in. And that definitely, as arcades started to pop up and pop in, they were everywhere, mm-hmm. um, competition grew. So all of a sudden, if your traffic dipped down, but you just bought four new machines, like you were in trouble all of a sudden. And it started a big, you know, that big issue, which was the improper locations. You had yes. you had arcades popping up all over the fucking place. I'd, I'd walk into a mall and be like, where the fuck this arcade come from, you know? And then, like, two months later, it'd be like, where the hell did that arcade go? go? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that was a big issue, definitely, uh, is, is that along with the cost to fix these machines. So, like, you had your favorite machines that as they aged – like the X-Men machine that had those two tubes with the special interlacing TVs along with the, you know, all the logic boards inside that mm-hmm. box that that they needed just to make the f- thing work the way it that, did. You know. So was, yeah. Yeah, so if you actually I see that game in in uh a lot of the remaining arcades, right? It's a single tube. Yes, it's one big it's, <laughs> it's just one big it's screen. It's just one big screen because they, you know, the rec- repair cost on some of this older stuff to keep it in its original form is just outrageous. I remember walking into the Livonia Arcade. I never remember what his name was. I don't even know if it had a name. It was next to um, Coles at the time. Yep. And I remember walking in there and seeing they had four Primal Rage yeah. arcades. I was like, you backed the wrong horse. <laughs> <laughs> Primal Rage. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You had one Marvel vs. Street Fighter, but you had four fucking Primal Rage. Yeah. You backed the wrong horse. Yeah. I, so, I mean, the the we, we talked about the cost issue. We talked about locations, uh, A, competition, B, people just picking poor places. So then it became the issue where, you know, the Westland one was in the basement. Yeah. You no. But, um, Westland, the Westland Mall? They at one point was in the basement. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, at one point. Yeah. Until someone like until attack like issues started happening. Same with Wonderland Mall, uh, by us where it was in like a between the food court and then the main mall, like there was this, this crevice. Yeah. That they had no they didn't put any lights in it. No. It was lit by the machines. So they had some children get abducted. It's because of this, I I mean not laugh at that, but that's just like poor proper poor planning. You, it's yeah. a spot for kids. Why right. wouldn't you make sure? Okay, I want to make this safe. Yeah, and make sure everyone can see what's going on. But exactly, no, I'm not going to. No, that. so I mean, there's the major issues like that, and that you know, and poor decisions being made that also caused uh, you know a lot of these a lot of these arcades to just close, and um, and then you got. I guess as kids grew older and you got kids that just don't care and parents are not paying attention to them or that was their babysitter, I'm going to go shop here. It's like $100 and quarters and you just go play. I don't know how many kids you probably ran to back in the day where they had tons of freaking quarters and they just didn't, they played the game and then they purposely tried to break the controllers. Oh, yeah, not respecting the machines for sure. Oh, like, my gosh. One, I remember this one kid. And it was Marvel. No, it was The Simpsons, and it was Bart's controller. And he didn't want no one else to be Bart. He was always everyone was trying to be Homer and Marge and Lisa, 
And he wanted to be Bart the entire time. He wouldn't let no one touch Bart. So when he finally got out and ran out of quarters, he purposely jumped on the machine and yanked back on the stick and broke it. So no one can play as Bart no more. He, no, I, I can't play Bart. No, you can't play Bart. Wow. I remember that, and I was like, that kid needs help. Like, where's your mom? Yeah. I'm a kid saying, where the hell is your mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that always happened. That always seemed to be kind of ha- happening at, like, Mortal Kombat and, and Killer Instinct. Those, those machines were, yeah. I spent a lot of my time. And it's just, you know, people that, yeah, kids that <laughs> weren't raised right, I guess, but... Um, you know the other. So we we've talked about location. Obviously, I think we've hit that really well. But yeah. also, there was better. Eventually, what happened was the you know the gaming's the gaming industry started to release your consoles. Yes, you know. So your you Atari's. started. Yeah, you started to see the, you know, the big turn. One of the one of the big turns was the SNES home system. Yeah. So Super Nintendo came out and it was a home system, and that was like you know your first step into the you know sixteen bit. Uh, games all of a sudden started to have way more complexity. Mm-hmm. That was like, hey, this is a, you know this is on par with some of the arcade Case games. Us, yep. So, um, your home all of a sudden the home console started where it was like, well, I can buy this home console for two hundred fifty bucks and then I own it. Yes, and I don't have to put quarters in it every time I want to play, and I don't have to drive there to put. You know, and it create it started to affect the demand mm-hmm. and the willingness for Americans to go. Because here's the thing: I'm going to say Americans because arcades are it's still, yeah, they're still great in Japan. Yes. You know, like overseas, you have a lot of arcade options, not everywhere, but but there are they're there booming, are, yeah, they thrive in certain areas. But uh, in, for Americans, we got to that point where it's just like the demand and the willingness to go out and spend the money on uh, and have a fun night wasn't it wasn't there. Yeah, like I, I can honestly say it's just like when we got our Super Nintendo and we sound finally sound like Killer Instinct was on there. There was no need for me to go back to the arcade. Like all yeah. my friends was not going up to even at the Coney Island. They had a, a Killer Instinct machine. We wasn't going up there to go play Killer Instinct no more. We have it in our Super Nintendo. Everyone just came over to someone's house and we just played. There was no need for the quarters no more. No more need for saving up your entire lunch money to go play. You can just go over to a friend's house and play the game. Yeah. And it was just like, uh, that killed the arcade for me. Like, I don't need that anymore. I don't need to go up there. Even though it was still fun, there's still a bunch of games that I couldn't play on the console. Like, you know, um, Simpsons at the time. And you want you beg for that game to come to the consoles at that time. It was just something that didn't happen and you still have to go up there and play but yeah I mean it still had happened but the the point was is like you just said like Mortal Kombat which was a big pull to the arcade all yep. of a sudden you could play it at home you didn't have to go no more yeah and and all of a sudden like instead of you know what uh, wondering how many uh, cabinets arcade cabinets they could put out there for Mortal Kombat and how much money it could generate versus how many cartridges would people buy yep. at 50 bucks 40 bucks and so yeah, I, I mean, it changed the whole the whole world of gaming changed a lot, uh, which which because the arcade industry had grown so much and gotten mm-hmm. so there were so many of them that when the the uh, supply of gamers cut off, a lot of a lot of these places starved. Yeah, and um, you know, the, the, and that just comes down. There was better ways to make money. So when people started to starve, they shifted gears. They shut down. You know, uh, casinos are also another thing that that they that they reference here is that that casinos were a, is a gaming is a gaming facility, but a but you can a make different a, brand, different yeah. brand. You can make way more money. Like Konami, all of a sudden was like, 
boom, 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 casino machines. You go into a casino nowadays, it's like, I walked through a casino a month ago, and uh, I was like, oh, that game's cool. Oh, ooh, that, one, that one's kind of cool. That's got some cool graphics. Oh, that's cool. And they were all Konami. Yeah, they were. I was like, oh, wow. Like, it's these are game. all made by Konami. So it, It's a fish game that they have in, um, when we was in Vegas. It's a fish game, um, and it has the Metal Gear Solid little exclamation point thing that yeah. every time you get to a certain, a certain part, um, you win a certain part of money, and that, that goes off. And that instantly drove me like, they got Metal Gear here? What yeah, the hell? Right. <laughs> We're walking towards it. Like, what? Oh, yeah. that's just a fish game. Yeah, oh. so... I mean, it's a sad, it's a sad moment. Um, I think the, you know you still have some arcades around. You have like the classics, or like the they're not even like a, a the reason they exist is because they're like the one within that geographic area, yeah. and they're more of like a museum almost. You know, yeah. they have the history of like they have very old stuff, and they have some of the some of the state of the art stuff, and so that's cool. Like for me personally, I'm a huge pinball guy, so uh-huh. you know, like that's one thing that. The home console can't like yeah you have digital pinball oh, yeah. but it's not real you know so right. like when I want to play pinball I go to the arcade still because you can't replicate that unless I buy a pinball machine and put it in my house which I don't want I I want to do That's but I don't want to pay for it getting the repair for pinball machines are not fun yeah exactly so uh, and I wouldn't know where to begin so right. <laughs> yeah um, but I think we can move into our last part of this which is okay. The we've we saw the amazing success of the arcade. We have lived in the in this world of watching it disappear. Yeah, and we've seen it kind of you know pop up, and now we're seeing a new generation of arcade. And call it what you will, I think it started with like the Dave and Buster's. Yes. you know this weird like restaurant gaming for adults. But I think it's taken a new turn that I like even more. I would say Evan go set one step back when it was just Fye. FY, well, FYE, yeah. See, that was the last arcade I remember because yep. it was like, it, again, Wonderland Mall had an FYE, and you just walked through it, and arcade there was an arcade was behind it. Yep. So, yeah, that tr- was true. And that, to me, honestly, besides Marvin's, which has never left, um, that's the last arcade I remember. Once it closed, I was like, man, you know, that, that's it. It's game over yeah. for that. Because you can get your movies or games and all that yeah. kind of stuff, and then you're like, oh. It was one of those things where like, you went back and you played Mortal Kombat 4, and then you came back into the store and you bought Mortal Kombat, Kombat 4 for your <laughs> N64. You know? Or you went back there, you played Mortal Kombat 4, and you're like, holy shit, you can plug in your Nintendo 64 memory card into this arcade yeah. machine. And then you were like, you know, run in the store, buy one, go back and plug it in, and then you take it home and plug it into your game. That was that. It didn't, you know, it didn't save the arcade, but that that they were they started to think about it, and they were like, "Who we could make it so that you know gamers that play at home have a reason to bring their memory card, to, yep. to, you know, and they get and there's a reason, you know, they get something over here. Like that was a smart idea. It just didn't, didn't wasn't, catch on. Yeah, it wasn't in time. And um, but now we're looking at something new that's starting to pop up, and I think it's like you know you have our generation getting older that 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 are fans of the retro yes. world and and the and retro gaming is getting more expensive because people want you know they want it they want to remember their their memories and stuff like that and enjoy their old games, but because of it, barcades are popping up. Yep, and we're seeing a lot of these these small bars. That also fill their facility with old arcade cabinets uh-huh. and old gaming. Even even some of them bringing in NESs and stuff like that and building like a little like play zone. Yep. Um, and having a lot of success with it. Yeah, we actually have one that's um, open up in downtown Detroit here soon. Yeah. Um, they even reached out to us to stream from there. But yeah, it is 
amazing what you're starting to see with these. Um, even um, my job has a little area that's dedicated to a little retro gaming. They have a Super Nintendo. They have a, um, a arcade cabinet that has a bunch of different video games yeah, in there yeah, from. Yeah. Um, it's just like you can see that it's starting to come back. Like the beer cave that they're having, they have tabletops where you can eat and drink, and while you're waiting to eat your food, you can put your hands underneath and start playing yeah. some. Which um, is Donkey the old, Kong. which is old school. Like yeah, yeah, they used to have those, and now these are like the new generation of them. But like yeah, the old tabletop gaming with that used to have a t- tube TV mounted in there. Now it's an LCD screen. But again, like it's good to see this coming back, and it's good to see people actually going to it yeah. you know um and that's that that's that's important because i think you know home consoles and everything are great and every and the way the game the gaming industry is bigger than ever and and every and it's growing you yes. know uh and i think this last generation where people were predicting before the ps4 and the xbox one people were like you know gaming this might be it i don't know if home consoles are going to survive and then they they put out the current gen and you know sony's 30, 40 million units sold. It's like, uh, the home console gaming is not going anywhere, right, people. No, it's a billion dollar industry. That I mean, it's the second form of highest entertainment that you it can is. possibly get. Yep, it is. And it's a different way of telling a story. Like, my thing is, when I play a video game, I want a game to tell me a story. Yep. Like, back in the day, Mario Saving the Prince was on my level at that time because I was a kid, you sure, know? Sure, yeah. <laughs> it was simple. It was simple. You, yeah. you, you, so now you want more complicated stories and I'm just kind of getting away from the retro part of it, but you know, every the entertainment systems and arcade stuff is everything is going back to you getting that experience, that story, or that personal feel. Like, especially about like, uh, beer case, um, get you a nice beer, a nice burger at the same time. Then you're like, oh man, I haven't played X Men in like forever. You right. know? Sit down at the Simpsons and play Simpsons while you're while you're eating some food and having a beer. Right, and then you see a girl that's playing the Simpsons right next to you. That you like, holy crap! You're playing. You're a gamer. You play this. Sure. Wow. You yeah. know, you're getting that story. You're getting that feel of things. You're also you building know. that community. Yeah. You know, like we always talk about community around here. We host we host a lot of public events and and we do tournaments, things like that, and, and we go to these conventions and, and we love all the people we meet. But this is like a local this is that that thing that like if you have one locally, it builds that thing that local stuff where it's like, hey, am I gonna see you on you know Friday night or whatever type deal? Right. Or um, these places also throw some of these events now. So like, now because you have this barcade, you know, all of a sudden they might have a speed run event where it's like, come on down and test your best run on, you know, whatever, you know, uh, and, and see and see and, and you know, best time of, of each game wins, you know, free food or you know, like they they have these events and it's it creates uh, fun uh, competition, fun environment. Like uh, actually our. Detroit Science Center or whatever. Yeah, the Vince's Game Night. They had been. Yeah, they're they're doing it every month now. At the end of every month, or whatever. Seriously? Yeah, they're doing it again, and oh. uh, it's yeah Vintage Game Night where they just basically sell so many tickets, and they they've sold out now. Like like people were people were on Facebook, they're all over the place at trying to find tickets to this last event, which was on the twenty first. Yeah, and um, like they like it was sold. Like they're like, yeah, we're sold out. We're sorry, guys. We didn't we didn't fi- we are happy. We're happy that th- there's this much like interest, demand for it, this yeah. demand because we weren't sure, and because of it, their uh, their next ones already already sold out, I believe. Ah, uh, we so, gotta get tickets. Yeah, absolutely. It's another thing that I want to go to, and, and they just they host it inside the science center, and they basically like set it all up and uh, and and let you just game and have fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, 
Um, I, I definitely see it's coming back, and I think the barcade and that style is happening. And I think another thing that's happening in, as far as a future arcade, like what's what's uh, something that we're going to see? VR, uh, virtual reality, the way yeah. you know we're seeing virtual reality take the forefront of gaming, and we're seeing these arcade. The, none of them are active, I don't believe, but the the concept is it's these it's like laser tag, but you're wearing the VR, VR headset, oh, and when okay. it is, it's green screen. Oh yeah, and you're walking through a video game, but you're actually walking through like a maze that they've built in this warehouse and interacting with the with an actual video game. Now, do you remember when you used to go to the mall and you see oh, those yeah. old retro VR stations? VR. Yeah. You'd be on a treadmill and you'd walk and shit and then it <laughs> basically looked like Lawnmower Man. Yeah. It was Lawnmower Man. <laughs> yeah. All like just lines and polygons and shit. But man, was it cool. Right. And, and I, I totally remember those. It gave they, me a splitting they, headache, they, but I played it. I'm like, absolutely. can I have more like I think they were like $10 to play or it something was. like that. It was, it was very expensive. Very expensive. I'm like, oh, I'm saving my lunch money again. I got to play that again, even though I got a headache from it. With that, because of arcade talk, do you remember the big simulators, too, in the middle of the mall that yeah. was like a shuttle? Yes. And you'd, you'd get inside and you'd go on like a like a space trip to outer space and then come back and you're back in the mall. Like, and all the thing would do is on hydraulics. Yeah, and just shake like, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I remember we went to one in my... Um, a friend at the time, best friend, his and his sister. Um, we got into the. We went to one where we went to space, and we got swallowed by some monster or some crap. And she thought it was real. Like, oh shit! She yeah. thought it was real. Oh no! So she was freaking out. I don't know what made her trigger in her head that this was real. Like she started flipping out. She was screaming the whole time. And when she finally opened the door, she was like, "Oh, it, it wasn't real." <laughs> We was like we were telling you it wasn't real. Why are you screaming? It's not real. People freaking out, man. Um, yeah, God, so many good memories, and all because of arcades. Like you think about it. Yeah. Man, now yeah. it's like, yeah, I have fun playing video games, but it's like not the same. You know, like I don't get me wrong. I love my PS4, right? I, you know, but like I don't know. Just not. It's never never been the same like that. No. And I I think I'll ask you if you if you have if you have one, but my favorite arcade that I will ever remember was my parents took me to Disney World in Florida, and they had to stay in the uh, one of the resorts inside the park. And the monorail actually went through the middle of the hotel. Oh wow! It was really cool. And in our hotel, there was we walked in, and there was just these glass doors, and behind it was arcades as far as you could see and i was like literally i was like oh i think i was like eight i'm like oh my god and my dad was like no we're here for disney world not video okay. games right <laughs> so the like, first couple days went by and finally i had a no i like like they were annoyed with me enough that they're like just go we want some time away from you so i went down and i spent the whole day in this arcade, and they had everything. I remember sitting on this Star Wars arcade machine that I had never seen before. It was a, it was the like indoor speeder, uh-huh. um, bike. You actually you sat, sat on, on the yeah, indoor speeder bike, right. and uh, you know it was before like this was before the time where like um, all the motorcycle games came out where you could lean, lean, yeah. But like you were on the speeder and you had and you could steer. And, oh, dude, I loved it. like I just that that whole arcade in my mind was just like. Un- unreal. It wasn't. Re- it wasn't real. But um, so yeah, Disney World arcade, and then of course my my local favorite that that 
will never be replaced, uh, and it's just because of all the memories I've had at it, is Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum. I have still never been there. And you, sir, are a fool. <laughs> as much as y'all talk about it, and I've been in that area like maybe four times since joining BXAB, I've not had a chance to go in there, and I've been meaning yeah. to, like, well, I have to stop it. BXAB is going to have to take a trip just for you. It's going to be the Chris get your shit straight <laughs> trip to Marvin's. But no, I, I like Marvin's is special to me because my dad introduced me to it and uh-huh. I remember I remember the first time I went there and my dad took me and I thought it was, he was the coolest because of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad's pretty cool so don't get me wrong. Like he is a cool uh, guy. That's Eisenberg, man. Yeah, but it's true. It does look <laughs> like that. But uh, so anyways, he, uh, he took me there and I had extra quarters and they had one of those machines where you would get the coin but you could stamp a word like words into it. So I was like, you know, my dad took me here. I'm going to be a good kid and i'm gonna make him the one that says uh my dad's a winner that was my that was the phrase in my head so i so i said i put i go i go my dad's a wiener <laughs> i spelled wiener and he still has that coin to this day that's awesome yeah and so like that you know that those are the stories that arcades have created for me especially even directly with my father that you know and now i take you know my friends and and I've taken I've introduced so many people to Marvin's because they're because they do the same thing you do. I've never been there and I'm yeah. like what? Like Marvin's is known across the country as one of the most like important arcades left. So I definitely gotta go. Yeah, and I mean they have some of the oldest arcades in history, like like all wooden, like legit, <laughs> ancient fucking arcade machines to some of the most, uh, you know, my favorite pinball machine, the Tron Legacy pinball machine that's got electromagnetics in it. So, like, when you shoot the ball up and then it, like, arcs, pulls the ball in different directions. Like, create, so all sorts of cool stuff. And now they have some of the new OLED screen games and all sorts of stuff going on. But, yeah, it's good to see that that family, uh, you know, Marvin, who's still around, and then, and then his kids and 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 family still interested in keeping that uh establishment running yeah, we have to go just go up there and see if we can even have an interview with him yeah oh that'll be, be cool awesome. he, i'm telling you every time i'm up there like like probably one out of every three times i see him that's you know just cool. kind of walking around and, and hanging out in his facility so that's it awesome. probably wouldn't be too hard to actually t- have a little uh conversation with marvin so um but yeah do you have a favorite arcade uh Nothing in well, it's, I wouldn't say it was a favorite arcade. It was just an arcade place that I didn't think it would be there. Okay. Um, and it had a lot of shit that I just didn't think it would be there. Uh, we were going to North Carolina, and it was a family trip to our family reunion, and we stopped at this truck stop, and everyone was eating food and everything, and I was just like, I don't feel like getting back in the car. Everyone's tired from driving, so everyone's taking their sweet time eating. So I end up just drifting off somewhere, and I've been never seeing these black curtains. I was like, "Whoa, that's probably some important stuff." So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little kid. I'm gonna go look. I'm like, I'll see if I can sneak back in there. So I s- s- went in there, and it turned out to be an arcade. I was like, "Oh, cool!" So I was <laughs> even like, better oh, than porn, <laughs> right? I was like, "Oh, wow!" So I, I walked in, and I um. I saw turtles. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go play that first, but then, oh, so what else is there? I saw Afterburner, then I saw Simpsons, and, um, a couple of other games. Uh, what was the one game? Oh, The Avengers. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I remember um, that game. Yep. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go play all these. So I'm like, okay, I wouldn't think this truck stop would have these games. Like, <laughs> I'm like, there was no one else in there but me. And then what, 
really like threw me through a loop is that everything was only one quarter. Like normally you go play Simpsons yeah. is fifty cent. Normally you play um, X Men. All the other ones are fifty cent. Everything was a quarter. Yeah. So I'm like, Ma, can I have a quarter? You know, to play the game. She was like, Well, how much are they? Fifty cent. I was like, Yeah, fifty cent. And she was like, Okay, here's like four or five bucks. And I you was dirty. Like, son I, I want to. And I want to play for hours. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> so I ended up playing Avengers for like a good. 15, 20 minutes, everyone think I was 20 minutes. And it was just like, I had the amazing, that was like the only, from that trip, that's the only thing I remember was going into that little arcade and eating pig from office, uh, rotisserie's pork. Oh, Sport okay. thingy. Because yeah. I've never seen that done before in my life and that freaked me the hell out. <laughs> and she was like, well, just try it. I'm like, no. I know where that was just, came from I mean, that was his stomach no I don't want that she was like no just try it it's a little bit good and I was like okay I'll try it and yeah and, and, you, like and the, you loved it yeah I, loved it. I died on this one <laughs> yeah. yeah but that was like one of my like just we were in the middle of nowhere we were seeing all these hills and stopped this truck stop and I was like oh yeah, this is it was an A&W of all things too huh I remember the, la- the last thing and, the, and then we'll move on but I remember my NES breaking Right, and my dad took me to have it repaired at a repair shop here in in Livonia, uh, Michigan, and it was like off the freeway, like in the industrial zone. Mm-hmm. And we get in there, and he's like, "All right, just stay with me." And we like go downstairs, and all of a sudden, it's just this room of arcades, oh. just this room of arcade machines, and they're all free. That's because this was a sales floor for arcade like oh. stores. Like this is where people came to go shop for what they wanted to put in their actual arcade. So as my dad's talking to the guy about fixing my NES, I'm going around just and there's these little buttons on all these machines. You just push the button and that was like your fake quarter and you just played. So I'm I'm playing, I'm playing. I'll never forget I found this game. I have no idea what it's called, but the but it was flat and it created holograms. So what it was was like it was it was this big white cabinet and it came up and over this flat black area and it would create like almost like lasers I don't know what it's this basically projection that created three dimensional characters that would walk around and like and talk to each other it was like it, it was insane. insane yeah <laughs> and I'm like playing this thing and I I never saw it in a in a actual arcade and one reason was I I believe I saw the the price tag on it was something like $15,000 so like it was expensive because probably it was like state of the art technology right. but um at the time but yeah that game I remember playing that I remember just going up and down the aisles and just like oh, Pac-Man push it play it oh X-Men push it play it like it was just like I was like man I hope we get to come and like I hope we get to come back to this place and then my dad's like yeah um, this is a sales floor you're not like he's like you're not supposed to be going around playing the games like this is for people to buy the arcades and I was like I was like, man, I just, I remember telling my dad, I'm like, I just hope my NES breaks again. Right. <laughs> like, dad, uh, yeah. it fell on the steps. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. It was but... crazy. So I was like, I'm going to be this little, like, eight-year-old kid that dresses up in a suit. and biz- biz- <laughs> I'm a businessman, and I'm interested in buying some arcades. I'm going to need six hours to test what I want. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was another memory I had about arcades. What uh, was the worst? I don't know. What was the worst game that you could have never played in an arcade? Like, you were so upset that you wasted your quarter on it. 
Oh, man. I think some of them was, like, near the end of the arcade. And this is something we didn't talk about, but, like, as the arcade started to get, like, it started to get harder for them, they started raising the prices on the arcade. So, like, you had some arcades that, like, you know, they were, like, a dollar, some, like, two dollars. Daytona Racing was fucking two dollars. <laughs> yeah, right? It was, like, it was like you you take three laps, and you even if you won, it was, like, cool, thanks, thanks for playing. Right, thanks for and playing. I was, like... <laughs> Holy shit, I could have played eight rounds of Mortal Kombat for, like, you know, right. and if I would have won, I would have just kept playing. Right. So, it, yeah, um, the worst game I ever played, though, probably, in my opinion, because I never was good at it and I never cared for it, was Dance Dance. Uh, I am not a Dance Dance no fan. <laughs> and I spent, I, I, like, it was a, you know, everybody was crazy about this. I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. And, uh, you know, at the time, the Dance Dance machines were like a dollar. Uh-huh. So I put four quarters in the machine, and I was like, some kid jumped up next to me on that pad. And I was like, no, I, just want, I don't know what I'm doing. I just want to play. You know, so we went right into a competition, and he looked like fucking Roadrunner on his pad, you know? And I'm like, fuck this game. I'm done. <laughs> Never playing this shit again. Oh. But, yeah, that has to be one of the worst. The worst game and it just it hit me. That's why it made me think of the question. It was Terminator. Yeah, I do remember <laughs> that game. That game was bad, too. Terminator sucked. I was like, yeah. I didn't understand half. The, I, like, I loved the movie. I was like, okay, Terminator. This should be cool. Yeah. No. Far no. from it. I don't even remember how, what did you do? I know you shot. Oh, another one was the, um, when you threw CDs. And I can't think of the stupid game. It was a uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Aerosmith. Um, shit, uh, Re- Revolution X or yes, something. Like that. Yeah, that yeah. game was so horrible, <laughs> but the music was so good. Uh, I've played that game so much, both in home console form and in the and in the uh, arcade. But yeah, it was not very good. I just been like, why are we throwing CDs? Why, why are we throwing mm-hmm. CDs? But yeah, um, vinyls. Why are we yeah, throwing yeah. vinyl records? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't make sense to me. Oh my god, I forgot all about that game. <laughs> Area Fifty One too. That game. No, I had a lot of fun with that game. You had a lot of fun, but when you actually go back and play it, it was a terrible shooter. It, it like, there were so many well. better. There were so many better shooters at the time. Like and and so like when you think about when it came out, House of the Dead was out too. I, oh, I love House. Of House Dead. of the Dead was so much better. I thought I, to me, me and my buddy, we had a huge debate over this if House of the Dead versus Resident Evil which one would you rather play with at that time House of the Dead yeah it was like I for, kept... two, for two reasons though. House of the Dead was more action based you know it was a shooter shooter on rails uh-huh. where Resident Evil was a survival horror yeah and at that like even now today like it would depend on my mood but like I just had more fun with that because the survival horror is it, stressful it's stressful yeah it, it's not I don't know. It's a good like if you're into that game, you're into that game. But like, I could pick up House of the Dead and play it anytime. Yeah, Resident Evil. I have to be in the right mood. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, it's just something I could just play. I didn't. I didn't feel like I was gonna be tested today, or I don't. I'm like, I don't feel like wrapping my brain around this right yeah. now. I just want to have some fun to play. I, have, I like Resident Evil, but yeah, House of the Dead. We yeah, had a good I, debate over that. House of the Dead. I have a. Uh, I have a version of it on my Dreamcast called. Typing of the Dead. Oh yeah, I, had, I bought that too. You had? I, oh yeah. Yeah, when I oh, had yeah. my Dreamcast, we we bought that actually recently, thinking that we're going to possibly stream it because of how ridiculous it sounds. Like it, it looks really difficult. It's like, really hard because you because you actually have to buy the keyboard, the little you uh, Dreamcast yeah. keyboard yep. with it. 
and it was it posted, Mario has one too where it's a typing simulator where you yeah, teach yeah. you how to type better yeah and it, it was they would give you like in boss levels they give you really extremely long words yeah. and hard words and it would show up for a second and you have to type it out yep and we had we cheated because I have my sister write down the word and she was just nah, I'll type uh, it out <laughs> always cheating we, we got it it was my mom was like this would help you learn how to type she didn't realize it was horror and graphic and people <laughs> shooting things yeah she was like, well, you learn how to type, so that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But no, so there you go. Guys, th- this has been our talk about arcades. Uh, I'm sure that if you're, uh, if you're our age yeah. or even older, that you've got some great stories. And we, if you have anything you'd like to talk about around the, uh, the arcade genre, yeah. uh, hit us up on uh, info at bxab.com. Head over to bxab.com, and you'll find us in the uh, podcast section. You'll find The Legend of Retro, and right in there you can uh, use our new Discuss. Uh, we switched over our comment section, mm-hmm. which is all by Discuss now, which is one of your popular comment uh, programs. So right in there you can leave your, you can talk to us. You can you can post pictures. Maybe you got maybe you got your own arcade in your house. Like, yeah, take a photo, send it to us. You know, um, things like that. But uh, yeah. Anything, anything you want to talk about? We're we're always here for that. But this has been uh, our segment around what killed the arcade. Unfortunately, I mean it's uh, it had to do with supply and demand, home council, and Americans being lazy. The fat Americans, yeah, Americans being lazy. Because man, look at some of the arcades in Japan. It's crazy, dude. That's it's every a, other building. That's one of my dreams is to go to the red light district in Japan. Yeah, just to absolutely just a game. BXAB, we're going. Let's do it. Right now. See you guys later. Later. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, that's our topic of the week. So we're going to move into uh, a few emails, and um, we're gonna we're, we'll we'll close out with the email. So this is the segment where um, you guys send in questions to us. So again, info at bxap.com, or you can hit us up on B- right on the website under podcasts, the Legend of Retro, right in the comments, and social media, BXAP Gaming. Go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, wherever. You can leave it anywhere you want. It depends on where you like to hang out. We're there, yeah. though. Especially on Tumblr. We're all over Tumblr. I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, I think our Tumblr presence is just because we can share shit from Instagram and everywhere else to Tumblr. <laughs> but we are on Tumblr, so yes. And if people interact with us more on Tumblr, I guess we would spend more time on Tumblr. But hey, we also read it too, so don't forget about Reddit. I do keep forgetting about Reddit. I'm sorry. We have a new uh, we have a new social manager uh, for Reddit. Yeah, and she's doing a fantastic job. So that's right. We are she's on amazing. Reddit. We have uh, a legend. We have a legend of retro. Uh, Subreddit. Yep. We have a Pop Hunters Reddit and I and then a BXAP Reddit. Yes, we do. So um, yeah, you guys can always uh, interact with us on Reddit too. Yeah, I go on there randomly and check it out, see what people have posted or said anything. Yeah, so make sure you send in your questions and interact with us, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about them on the show here. Oh yeah, and give you a shout out. So with that, guys, here is emails. All right, guys. Uh, first question we have is from Scott, and he wants to know, um, what's the craziest thing you have done to uh, get your retro gaming cartridge to work? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you want me to go first? Yeah, you I already have one. Oh, if you already have one, yeah, I think yeah. about this. Um, story was that we went over my auntie house, uh, my sister's mother. And we were trying to play Battletoads. 
and I was we we blew it, uh, you know all the other stuff blew it, blew it in the machine, but it didn't work. Flicking on a bunch and on and off a bunch of times if it works. And I remember a friend from school saying if you freeze it, it'll work. So oh God. <laughs> so we threw it in the freezer. He said just put it in for five. Make sure it's cold when you bring it out. Do it in for five minutes and it worked. So we took it out the freezer, threw it in. It worked. Like it worked. <laughs> like right off, no hiccups, no blowing, no nothing. It just worked. And I was like, holy shit! This, I'm gonna start doing this all the time when it don't work. And that was like one of my craziest things that we learned that it did absolutely nothing to help the game work. It's just a glitch within the system that was not making a pin connection. Well, it's always the pins. I mean, yeah. that's what it was. <laughs> but, um, but there was something like the pins were bad. So if a slight little dust or something got in between, it, you wouldn't make the connection. Yeah. As far as what freezing would do, I don't know as necessarily. Like I know that, like I know from IT world, like if you have a hard drive that's acting goofy, you put it in the freezer. Then when you hook it up, you uh, you know you, you could potentially get a few minutes of uh, trying to recover something off of it. Like the, you know, like and but. The cartridge, I don't know. It was what somebody told me at school. Huh. Young and stupid. I can't say I've ever heard that one. They said, freeze it, and it'll work. And yeah. We did I, it, and it worked. <laughs> my couple crazy moments would be, um, uh, one would be, uh, my parents had bought me the cleaners kit for the NES. My mom So, too. you know, I'm trying to, like, clean these contacts, and some of these are filthy. You know, from coming from Funko Land, it was like, oh, yeah. it was like whoever owned this before me, like, lived in a dirt pile. <laughs> But, um... I had one where it was a roach that fell out of it. I'm oh, going to freak the hell out. Cause that's, <laughs> that's that's really gross. But, um... Yeah, my biggest thing would have been, um... I ran out of the spray to clean uh-huh. that shit, so I'd, like, spit in my cartridge. Oh, yeah. Who yeah, did? I just would, like, just, like, drool in that bitch and then take the little cloth, the tool, plastic tool, and just wipe it all down, and, and all the, you know, the dirt would come out of it. I'm like, it's good. enough it for me. Yeah, it'll work. Uh, the other one, I couldn't get I couldn't get a game to work on. I, I don't remember what it was, but I do remember uh, ripping the cartridge plastic off the, off the thing and then... Plugging the actual, um, I had a, at this time I had the NES top loader. Uh-huh. Was this a Genesis game? This might have been a Genesis game where I ripped the plastic off of it, so I just had the chip. Oh, okay. and then I would pl- I plug that directly in, and then I would wiggle it to get the game to work. I had a friend that did that. He, <laughs> <laughs> it was his. Uh, what was it? Toe Jam and Earl. It was Genesis. Great game. Toe Jam and Earl and. He didn't want to lose his save. He didn't want to turn off because he didn't know if it was going to work again. Yeah. So he just left it going. Yeah. He just left it on. There was a like, guy in Japan or something recently, the, a news article that came out. He left. He literally has left his SNES on for like 20 years to like because because the save function broke. So he didn't want to lose his spot in this game, and he's literally left the system on for like 20 years. I mean, I'll have to find the article again. I'll share it on Facebook. But like it legit, just that just recently happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 that's twenty years. That means you had no power outage. It also means right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, wait a minute. But uh, yeah, the, the um, it also shows that Nintendo products lasted forever. That Hell was, that yeah, was yeah, thing. Yeah. Throw those bitches out a window. They still worked. Oh, I had dropped mine down a couple of flights of stairs. My GameCube to be because that we went to we're moving from our apartment 
to another one, and I dropped out down some wooden stairs, and that mug worked like a charm. I was like, whoa. <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing they had going for them. I remember uh, my early days at GameStop when I worked there, uh, when you would have to, re- things would be returned, you'd have to destroy them. You, you didn't return them, you would break, you would literally go into the back room and break them so that you could throw them in the trash later so that people wouldn't dig through the trash, supposedly. Oh, wow. Same with game discs. You would take, like, a razor blade oh, yeah, and we cut did that discs. Too. Yeah. Well, the uh, the controllers, we used to have, like, battles to see how many hits. We would, you know, be whipping them by the cord into the concrete floor to see how many hits they could take before they would, like, blow up. Nintendo won every time, man. Oh, hell they yeah. Built they built their tanks. We used to say, well, we got smart. They had um, a microwave, and they throw the disc in there. And it'll just shatter. Oh yeah, that would work too. But um, yeah, those are some of the craziest ways that I did. Uh, and then when they didn't work, the craziest thing I ever did was I took my NES cartridge and just I had uh, concrete walls like I was in the basement, and I just blew, I just um, demolished it into the wall, it blew up. Like, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> I had anger issues when I played video games as a kid. <laughs> Not so much anymore, but there are just times where I just lost my cool because uh, it was just bullshit. Yeah. If you <sighs> talk to my sister, she'll tell you some stories. Yeah. So back before controllers cost 60 bucks a pop and, you know, like it, I just would wreck things. And then, oh. and then I'd be mad because I'd break something and be like, why did I do that? That was dumb. But. And then you get mad because your parents get you a Mad Cat's one. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, you get a third party, and you're like, "Fuck, man, the joystick's already jacked up. I'm running left every time." You know, like that was the N64 days, man. It was like the little joystick would get wacky, and then all oh, of a sudden, yeah. it was just like you'd be trying to play Goldeneye, and you'd be strafing fucking left without touching anything. Oh, yeah, it was rough. <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you for the question, uh, Scott. That <laughs> yeah, that, the freezing one though, that's new. I'll, yeah. I'll have to remember that if I ever run into a major issue. With try the game. it. I don't know why it worked. I'll give it, it a try. Yeah, it just worked. Uh, okay, so let's see. We uh, next question is from Retro Mike. Uh, retro Mike says, "What do you think is driving the huge increase in retro game prices?" I remember in 2006 to about 20, 2010, uh, being able to buy a huge lot of NES games for around twenty dollars. Now twenty dollars might get you, might buy you one or two games. Um, you know, it's a fad right now. Is what That's it what is. I was about to say. It's uh, you know, it's basically a, a, our generation wanting to relive what why we love game. Now, if we still play games to this day, we want to go play. We want to go play the reason why we do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I personally, I've collected for a long time, back when it wasn't cool. Like, you go to a garage sale and you could buy shit for quarters, man. And now that quarter shit, it's like, you know, some of these games are crazy. I have a couple games in my collection that I can't even fathom why they're worth $375 for one video game from 1994. You know, like, right. it's nuts. But, I mean, I get it. it. It's just people want it, and it's hard to find because there's not many of them left. And that's, I think, one reason is because all of a sudden people want them, they're now realizing how few of them there yeah, are, really that, are. that's out there. Um, you know, so... And you come from a generation where if, once you were done with it, you threw it out. You did, yeah. And and now we're in that gener- now we're kind of like realizing like, hey man, some of that stuff I really wish I would have kept. Uh-huh. You know, we were in that generation that Funko Land existed. It was like, cool. Next game can- next game system came out. Grab all your shit, trade it yeah. all in, and you just got enough money for the system in one game, <laughs> and you just traded in seventy games. games you know, right. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what you did. Generation, you know, <laughs> generation council after generation council. So. 
Um, I think, you know, that's one reason it's driving it. Uh, unfortunately, th- I think another thing that's driving it is people that are always looking for a way to make money mm-hmm. see a, see an opportunity within the, the, ex- the re, whatever, the excitement of retro gaming again. So now you have the market just kind of inflating prices mm-hmm. because they realize that it's a viable market. Yep. So yeah, that um, is unfortunate. And like for me, I have a great. I have a. I think. Um. I think we broke the thousand game mark in our collection now. So my game room oh, is wow. over a thousand games, and I love them. That you know, and value wise, yes, there's definitely a value there. Like you know, if for some reason I hated games tomorrow, I could make a decent amount of money. But like, I don't think of it that way. Like I, you know, the only reason I think of it that way is because for my home and homeowners insurance, you know. <laughs> um, but I, uh, yeah, I don't. It sucks because I go to a store and it's like, oh, Mega Man X2 for the SNES. I I need that for my collection. $124 for one card. I'm like, I don't need it that bad. So hopefully I'm coming across it in a garage sale. Hopefully. Where other people like they'll, they'll come across it in a garage sale for five bucks. And then they're like, oh yeah, I can make a hundred bucks off this. That's not like that. A collector shouldn't be thinking that way. A a true gaming collector should be like, oh cool. I don't have this for my gaming collection. And I just saved money. Thankfully. Right. You know? So, and that's, that's what I aim to do. I generally try to find a lot of my stuff, not on the, uh, not in the retro game stores. Like I'll go there from time to time and from time to time they'll, they'll fuck their prices up and I'll get something for a decent price. But most part I'm garage sailing or I'm listening, got my ear to the floor listening to like, you know, Oh, this guy over here is selling his game collection. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to go talk to him. You know, but someone recently not, not them again but some dude um put a sign outside his home right off of um joy road that says he has one of the most huge star wars collection and he's looking to sell it oh and wow. it's an arrow point to his house wow like, that's weird <laughs> yeah uh, he was waiting for the new movie to come out yeah it's all about timing again i think uh i think the market's just prime right now do i think you're gonna see a fallout yeah yeah i think you see a fallout which i'm looking forward to because i'm tired of paying some of these prices but um, you know, at the same time, I feel bad for all these people that will. It'll be funny because when the market kind of disappears, you'll find your true collectors versus your people that were like buying it up to like make money because yeah. they'll it'll just all of a sudden the market will be flooded with like games again. You'll be like, oh wow, huh. look at that Mega Man X two, ten, 10 bucks. bucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Retro Mike, thanks for the question. Uh, up next, we got Xander. And he says, uh, I remember when my fifth grade class was going on a trip to Toronto. And as the bus was loading, my mom stopped by to give me some reading material. It was the latest issue of Nintendo Power uh, that had come in the mail for me. In that issue, they introduced and had a spotlight on Earthbound. I knew that uh, I knew then that I had to play this game. How were your first? How were you first exposed to your favorite or some of your favorite games from your childhood? Um, um, hmm. Nintendo Power was definitely one of them. Game Pro, Game, uh, game Pro, Game was, Pro was yeah, huge. Game Pro was a big one for me. Um, but Electronic just, Monthly, yeah, Electronic Gaming Monthly was another. Yeah. Those were all big ones at the time that uh, would always steer me towards games. But I think uh, one big one that I'll always remember. And it's a little bit older, but it's still, in my mind, it's still retro now, which is the Dreamcast. I remember uh, Livonia Mall was, like, dying. 
Like okay, this, well, it had like eight stores left in it. GameStop being one of them. And I went, I went there one day. I had the Dreamcast. I really wanted a new game. And I'm like, what's out for this? So I went there and I got, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, um, I, I'm looking for a new game for the Dreamcast. Would you recommend something? And he's like, oh yeah, sure, absolutely. He goes, you should buy Fantasy Star Online. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, it's this game that, you know, like, and he explains it to me and, and the setting and everything. I had never, ever, ever heard of Final or Fantasy Star Online until that moment. And for some reason, normally I'm a kid. Normally I was like, yeah, fuck you, dude. Give me uh, NFL 2K. Like, like I, I've never asked for, like, at that point in my life, I don't think I've really asked people for, like, what game would you recommend right. me to play? <laughs> it was like a weird moment that I had. And he recommended that game, and I, and I bought it. And I lost my life to that game. <laughs> that game was amazing. Um, yeah, that that would have been that's that one moment I always remember for sure. And then um, and then I do remember a, another special moment where like I where I got into handheld gaming. Uh-huh. I had to go to Children's Hospital for a procedure, and uh, I was blo- born a cleft palate, so I, I went through a lot of procedures when I was younger. And one of them was Children's Hospital. On my fucking birthday, uh, so I had to spend like the week of my birthday in the hospital. Oh, wow! And my aunt, my mom, and all of them had got together and they went out and bought me the new Game Boy. I had no idea. They didn't ask for a Game Boy. Didn't 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 even know anything about it. And all of a sudden, I'm you know I'm first day in the hospital after my procedure, and they uh, hand me this Game Boy with uh, Super Mario in it, and I'm like. Oh my god, this is so cool! I can play video games on the go, like right. <laughs> and the story though that I remember is, I uh, the IV, at the time your IVs like were real sensitive to movement. So I'm playing Game Boy because like your muscles move in your hand, it would set the alarm off of the IV, so the nurse would have to come in and turn it off. And I finally, mean. the nurse got like real rude and was like, you know, you're gonna have to stop playing that, blah blah blah. And I'll never forget it. My mom stood up. She's like. It's my son's birthday, and that's his birthday gift. And if you have to come in here every minute to shut that alarm off, he's playing his Game Boy. And I was like, "Hell yeah, mom, <laughs> chill at me." <laughs> so, yeah, that that was my story about how I got into Game Boy and handheld gaming, uh, which was which was pretty sweet. Yeah, the same thing for me. My mom was the one that really exposed me to any gaming, and um, I remember she. It was Christmas when she got her so first the Super Nintendo, um, and she was like, "This is something I think y'all enjoy. Y'all have fun with." So she ended up giving this to us the Super Nintendo. So we were, we're playing it, we loving it. She gave us the whole Dunk Hunt and all that other stuff, the game pads and all that. So we're we're enjoying it. We're having a great blast. Um, but this is what my mom went the extra distance. Um, I had. I think I messed up my leg or something. I um, was having corrective surgery on my leg. And it was rough because she was she's a teacher, and she didn't have time to come up there and spend time with me and take off work. And she still had my, my younger brother and my older sister to you know, do stuff around the house. And she was like, well, you know, I was sad because no one was there. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to see what we can get you something. So she ended up having a hospital roll in a rollaway TV in a Sega Genesis. And this is the first time I ever got to play <laughs> Sonic. I got to play Bugsy, Nice yeah. Tail, not, not Nice Tail, um, 
what was the other game at the time? It was another. I can't think of what it is. Yeah, but it was a Sega game. Aladdin was another one. Was oh, the one I got sure, to play. Sure. And she was like, you know, this doesn't leave his room. I was like, you're the coolest mom ever. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Never awesome. had a Genesis. Oh, this cool. So I can't take it home. She's like, no, it stays here. But because um, she donated it afterwards, because oh, okay. we had a Nintendo. And she didn't want us having both. She thought that would be just too much. Too yeah. much. Sure. So she ended up rolling in, and they had the TV, and we we're playing it. And all of a sudden, kids from all different time rooms just start coming into our rooms. Can we play? Can I play? Can I play? Can I play? It was amazing. Like that's one of my childhood experiences with gaming that just blew my mind away. Yeah, you'll never forget yeah. that moment. Yeah, so that's awesome. And another thing, just to, what the what Xander said about his mom bringing him the magazine. My mom, I remember we was going to some. It was in uh, middle school. We were going to some stupid trip, and for some dumb reason, everyone was supposed to bring an electronic monthly magazine, and we didn't read them. Like it was like we had everyone had to have it. Everyone, all the boys, had to have the magazine so they can read it on a trip. It was just something we said we were going to do. And we got everyone got the magazine. We opened it up. No one read it. We all just sat there and started talking to each other. Though I don't know what was the point of bringing this magazine on the trip. I had my mom go out and buy it. I'm like, Mom, please. Everyone else is going to have it. I need it. I don't want to be the only one. She finally went out there and got it. <laughs> and I remember just like never reading it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> just sat there. I was like, why did I buy this? And it was $10. I think it was like 10 or $12 at the time. And I yeah. was like, why did I buy this? Well, All right. Well, thanks for the question, Xander. Um, that definitely brought up some some good memories. Yeah, of, it did. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, um, so last up we have DD. So, uh, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, we saved DD for the uh, for the retro show this week because he really focused it towards retro. So, um, <clears throat> and it's a good one. So here we go. Oh, <clears throat> Sup, fools! It's your boy, Dirty Dylan. What classic game character do you think is the most likely? To be caught at a donkey show. Stay filthy, DD. A donkey show? You don't know what a donkey show is? What's a donkey show? Okay, well, a donkey show, uh, just in case you didn't know, I pulled up the Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just get this through real quick for you. A donkey show is a type of sexual performance most often associated (laughs) in Mexico, in which a woman engages in bestiality with a donkey. Wow. <laughs> local, local taxi drivers often tur- off- offer tourists a ride to the donkey show in the red light district. The shows are dif- are difficult to verify and maybe urban legends, but accounts are frequent that uh, they do ex- do indeed exist. But, uh, yeah. Um, that is technically a donkey show. Uh, the, the, 40, the 40-year-old virgin, bachelor party, strangers with candy, and clerks to all... Uh, actually, and Dexter uh, all had references to donkey shows. Back to the question now. Wow. Which character do you think, uh, which classic game character do you think would be caught at a donkey show? So at could mean you could be watching because you're yeah. into watching or maybe you're participating. 
Um, I think if you're participating, it's definitely got to be Peach because she's a you know, fucking slut. I, I was thinking the same thing because uh, as many times she got captured by Cooper. She gets captured on purpose because yeah. he's close to a donkey. I mean, he's you know, he's, he's a giant fucking lizard dinosaur. Right, so I'm like, if you're into reptilian penis, yeah. you, it's not that stretch of a Pro- donkey penis. Probably, <laughs> yeah. So Peach, so Peach, Princess Peach would definitely be the uh, person performing. And then the person watching would probably be like... I don't know, Diddy Kong. I was going to say Waluigi. <laughs> yeah. I think like Diddy Kong because he's like, you know, like, yeah, I get he's young, but he's like the little, like, like the little ape that just like wishes he could be as badass as, as King Kong, as Donkey Kong and all them. Like, I don't know. I think, I think Diddy Kong is like, like Tails, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, if we're going to cross this shit, if it's Princess Peach just getting railed by a donkey, then Sonic's probably sitting there just enjoying Watching this it, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, take it. Yeah. Or it's Mario. He's like, yeah. You. Take it. You deserve it. Stop getting kidnapped. But um, I don't know. <laughs> that would be a couple options. If I, I don't know if I have anybody else. No. Samus is too uh, too classy for that shit. She stay clear. She of wouldn't that. do that. Um, I think Wario probably be at one. If you think of yeah, Wario, he'd be something. Absolutely, he'd be yeah, there. I could see that. I could see that. I could also see Toad getting freaky. I could see Toad getting yeah. freaky. Yeah. I think, I think if you really want to take this way too far, then the step where we need to end this is it would be Princess Peach, but then Toad would be on the donkey as like, right. as like no, 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 like on the donkey, like as a condom that's going into oh, Princess wow. Peach. <laughs> there is the ultimate donkey show for you with multiple tar- participants along with Mario, Waluigi, and Sonic all watching. There you go. Wow, Jazzy actually sent me that inch that answer in. Wow, yeah, that was Jazzy. That wasn't me. Oh wow, I just read it. That is. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna hang out with Jazzy yeah, too. I was clear, Jazzy. This is a little concerning, but uh, yeah, he has so. a very vivid imagination. <laughs> oh, DD. So for those of you that maybe this is your first taste of DD, he has uh, chimed in every episode of the BXAB podcast, and now because we've split, he sends questions. Depending if they're related to retro or not, that they go to the respective place. And uh, today we got lucky and we got the DD question. Wow. <laughs> if you want to call that lucky. But um, that's it for emails, guys. Oh, sweet. So thanks for sending in your questions. Remember, you can always send them in to info at bxap.com. You can hit us up on social media, BXAP Gaming, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, uh, Reddit. And then um, you can always check out bxap.com for everything, uh, including the, our new communication system that uh, allows you to interact with us easier and allows you to post photos, all sorts of fun stuff. So Yeah, if you got any memories that we may have brought up to you, you know, stir something up, definitely share them. We'll definitely check them out. I'll check them out too. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, guys, so... Remember to uh, check out our other show, the BXAP Podcast. That's where we talk about current games, news, uh, what we're currently playing, things like that. That's all. That all happens on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have our YouTube channel, so make sure you check out. This is actually big news that we we didn't promote. We have a, a custom URL, so it's YouTube.com. Yeah, BXAB. BXAB. So you can find us now easier on YouTube. Yep. 
You can check out a lot of our cool videos. I got a cool video up there uh, when I first bought Earthbound on the oh, yeah. SNES. Well, was you trying to make sure it wasn't fake, right? Yeah, I thought it was fake because the uh, screws had been tampered with. Oh. Uh, so we opened it up to, to make sure. We actually had a friend bring over another copy of Earthbound. Retro Mike, right? Retro Mike. And uh, to confirm that they were legit, and we and we show you like what to look for if, you're, awesome. if you think you have a fake car- uh, cartridge. So that's on YouTube. We also have Pop Hunters every other week. Yeah. Uh, where we, we hunt Funko. We, we, yeah. Chris's show, we uh, we hunt Funko Pops. Uh, every as long as we're collectibles, we find yeah, more all sorts random of, collectibles. We end up at comic book shops all the time, so I buy all sorts of shit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I've got a lot of stuff going on at BXAB, guys. Check it all out at BXAB.com. We want to thank our sponsor, DetroitBeardCollective.com. Guys, if you if you have a beard and you need some product to make it look better, feel better, and just make women go crazy for it, my wife goes crazy. That's right. Go to DetroitBeardCollective.com. Use the code BXAB, and on orders $25 or more, you save 20%. So thanks, thanks DBC, for the sponsor. With that 20%, you can buy more stuff. There you go. That's how it works. All right, guys. Well, that's uh, that's episode four of The Legend of Retro. It's my first time being on this one. I had a lot of fun. This was lo- It's a lot. good show. Yeah, we talk about all the old school stuff. The stuff that brings uh, the stuff that makes us game today. The reason we're here today doing what we do is because of the past. So you can't forget it and that's why this show exists. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. Uh w- this show next week will be after Pack South. So we have been to the Pack South. We have checked out all the tabletop stuff, checked out all the retro tournaments going on, and really uh, any speed runs and stuff. So we should have a lot of cool content for Episode 5 of The Legend of Retro. And, uh, guys, we'll see you next week. Want this wait before you sleep? Will it be streaming? Uh, next week? Yeah. Possibly. Okay. Because there's a possibility that if we, depending on the timing, we might actually be in Texas when we record. Oh, okay. Which would be hard to stream. Okay, okay. But we'll see. It's possible. We we got the equipment in. We've we've been installing it. We've been working on the studio, getting all the all the cool boxes and posters up, so that we got a really cool looking room for you guys. I think you'll be really excited for the stream. If it's not next week, it will for sure be episode six. Okay. There will be streaming of this show, episode six, latest. Period. Period. Yeah. You you you. Can we quote you on this? Yeah, you can quote me. My name is Jazzy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, um, but no, seriously, the streaming's coming, guys. We're going to be able to see us uh, live in the studio, and we're going to have live uh, gaming going on, retro gaming uh, going on with uh, our guests coming in and playing some games uh, uh, after they're done talking about their segments and all that fun stuff. Sweet. Maybe some challenges and, all, uh, and some uh, YouTube giveaways. Oh, yeah. So, guys, stay tuned. You can find us every Thursday on Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Radio, iTunes, and Overcast. Yes. Um, and obviously, every episode is also available on bxab.com. Yes. So uh, thanks uh, again for tuning in. We'll uh, we'll see you next time, and we're excited for Pack South. So, guys, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Later. See you.